0: Welcome to Act Two by Choosing Hymn Ministries with Tisha Janes and Andrew Paik, a place where life stories are told, encouragement is shared, and
1: hope is found. Good morning and welcome to Act Two. We have Deanne Turner with us this morning. Welcome, Deanne.
2: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you, Tisha.
1: Thank you. We are very honored to have you. I have walked a little bit of this ride with you over the past like five years when you first started writing and you stepped out and it has been such a blessing to watch your life and obedience um, as you transition from one act to the next and I would say act two but you're probably on seven or eight by now right
2: <laughs> it's funny that you say that I actually think career-wise I might be on act two but thinking about what act three and four might look like too
1: okay all right, well, give us some, um, some backdrop as far as your, your career, um, and then we're going to kind of transition more into um, just the way God has intersected between your personal life, your spiritual life, your faith walk journey too.
2: Probably the most important thing I'd want to share with your audience about my career is that, you know, you can have dreams and plans, and God just uses quite a path to get you where he wants you to go. And so never give up on those. So let me tell you a little bit about mine. I wanted to be a writer from the time I was eight years old. A lot of people don't know that about me because they think of me as the corporate executive, but that was really um, a path that I never expected to take. I was actually going to be a writer and the preacher's wife because I was married to a pastor and I saw myself, um, you know, supporting him working in the church, writing on the side, raising a family. Well, um, After I got out of college, um, because he was a pastor, I needed a job and I was a journalism major and there weren't really, jobs weren't really bountiful at that time for journalism majors, especially writers who didn't have any life experience, which would have been me. And uh, so I took those talents and went into the advertising field. And I was at a company for a brief period of time and it became necessary, both because the, the culture was so toxic where I was and I needed to move into the community where we were living and serving. Um, it, that was just going to make it a whole lot easier than me working on the other side of Atlanta from our church and our home. So I applied at Chick-fil-A, and if you've read any of my books, the stories in there. I won't, we have other things to talk about, so I'm not going to go through that whole story. It took a long time, and I finally was offered a job, and the job I was offered was in human resources, not advertising. And I um, decided that I wanted to take that job. The the guy who hired me, he saw something in me I didn't see in myself. And that often happens for us when God's at work on his plan. He'll use other people, of course, to interrupt our lives or disrupt our lives of where we thought we were going. And so I decided to take the job. And my full plan was that I would work there for a couple of years and then I'd go back to marketing. Well, I worked at Chick-fil-A for 33 years and I never worked in marketing. Um, but I did spend 30 years in human resources, and for 20 of those years, I led that function. We later named it Talent, which was much more appropriate for the uh, growth that we were doing as an organization. But in that role, I led you know, uh, all the common um, HR functions, Talent Acquisition and Talent Management and Learning and Development, and diversity and inclusion and culture and engagement. And we built our first childcare center during that time and ran the wellness program. So I wore a variety of hats uh, in that role. And then uh, prior to retiring from Chick-fil-A in 2018, I spent three years uh, launching and leading Chick-fil-A sustainability function. And in 2015, while I, um, in fact, God has such a sense of humor, it was actually my 30th anniversary. None of this was planned. My 30th anniversary at Chick-fil-A, the day my first book launched, It's My Pleasure, and I moved that day from talent to sustainability. Uh, it was a pretty monumental day in my yeah. life, to say the least. But I had achieved that dream I wanted since I was wow. a little girl, that chance to write a book. And so three years later, I had a contract sitting on my desk to write two more books for a new publisher, Baker Publishing, and I knew I couldn't do that and continue in my senior year. Uh, officer, or my officer role at chick-fil-A so um, we i had been given an opportunity along with about a hundred other chick-fil-A staff members to take an early retirement or a, a voluntary or uh, early retirement option and i decided that this was my path to live out my <coughs> lifelong dream so i took it and since then i've been writing books speaking about 50 times a year um, doing podcast, uh, consulting and coaching and just lots of fun things that, that gods led me to.
1: Yeah, it's been an incredible journey to watch too. And it really has been a whole different act, a whole different circle of influence. Um, And you are really amazing at finding things in people that they don't know of themselves. And you've even spoken things to me before that have been like, I don't know about that. (laughs) And yet we find ourselves right here on a podcast together today. um, God is really used to you. And you also have, you're very strong in your faith and you have- been very influential in many circles, not just in the corporate world, um, and finding things that are are where people can fit, but also sharing how God has used all your ventures, um, to change paths to, like you said earlier, to intersect and to, um, just shift the direction and where you thought you were going to it, maybe a different way that he wants to use you. And while you talk a lot about your careers and in finding talent. I think at the essence of that is bringing out the God-given gifts that he has given each one, each person, and you have seem to have a real, I think it's more than just a talent. I think it's a heart for God that he brings that through you. And um, you look for the gifts from God and other people. So let's talk a little bit. You said you're a pastor's wife and kind of share your story, your spiritual journey. Um, sure God has kind of walked alongside of you
2: well you know first I want to share with you, thank you for what you said um because I think that's an um that's such an encouragement to others when uh, and oftentimes it's so important that we encourage others and we speak that truth into them because we don't see them in God who does God use he uses other people to communicate to us so thanks for for sharing that. Um, yeah, my spiritual journey is um, an interesting one too and very much has intersected with my career. Um, I start I grew up in a in a Christian family and um, in the church. And when I was 15, I thought that um, the route that I was supposed to go was to go into full-time Christian service. And so I ended up at a Christian University Bible college in Cincinnati. And my husband and I grew up in the same church, but we really um, began a relationship once I was in school there. Um, We had dated some before then, but then it was obvious we were traveling the same path. And we married, and like I said, he was a a pastor at a church then, and then we moved back to Atlanta to be closer to family, and he became an associate pastor. And um, so that was kind of the full-time ministry work. And like I said, I thought I was going to be the preacher's wife and I was going to stay home and raise our family. And in fact, a couple of years into my work at Chick-fil-A, I really felt like maybe I'd let God down. You know, here I was going to do this Christian writing and I was going to do all these things. And, and I, I had this, you know, this business job and um, I wasn't working full time alongside my husband, the pastor. And then I had this epiphany, if you will, that I realized that my calling was helping other people find their calling and actually it was a ministry of sorts and it changed the way a lot of my job was around talent selection just because at chick-fil-a we were growing and so every person just represented somebody that i had been entrusted to steward and so every selection decision if i was selecting them to become part of our organization then that was a stewardship decision that impacted the organization but if i didn't select them it was still a stewardship decision. And I was trying to help redirect people and help them understand you know, what their gifts were and why they might pursue something different um, than a, you know, to be a franchisee at Chick-fil-A or to be a corporate staff member. So that really, um, that overlapped. And you know, I don't always talk about this for, for some obvious reasons, um, but really, you know, so many of the decisions I made were matters of prayer um you know it was not like i don't know what to do i want to do the best thing for our organization i want to do the best thing for this person i want this to be a win win both ways and so you know i really made those decisions a matter of prayer and um entrusted god to help me make good decisions during that time um one other thing if i can just kind of go off on a direction cuz you've alluded to it a couple times and i really want to talk about this there's this one point i want to make And that's, you know, I talk a lot about all the positive things, but, you know, to to have a long career, whether it's in business, it's in ministry, it's teaching, whatever it is, you're going to have obstacles. And I tend to talk about all the positive things because I like to like to be a positive person, but we all have disappointments. We all have times when our plan doesn't go the way we expected. And one of the things I often share with people and I have throughout all these years is you know, when our plan doesn't go the way we expect, we have to stop, we have to pause, and we have to realize that one of two things are happening. Either God is protecting us from harm we cannot see, or he is about to provide for us an opportunity we cannot envision. And I think that is so I'm going to
1: need that written down. <laughs> That's true. I need to frame that.
2: <laughs> well, let me see if I can say it again <laughs> the same way. When we, we experience disappointment, And our plan and our own personal plan doesn't seem to be fulfilled. We have to remember that God always has a plan, and He is either protecting us from harm we cannot see or providing us an opportunity for a future we cannot yet envision. And um, I think that that's such an important thing for us to remember when we're um, going through the disappointments that are inevitable, whether it's the job you didn't get. the boyfriend that broke up with us, right. the, um, you know, the book contract that didn't come through, the um, the rejection we feel, the promotion we didn't experience, whatever it was that we were disappointed by just to realize that we're being protected or we're being provided for in a different way.
1: I love that. That's huge. That's really beautiful. I will be typing that out and printing that and framing that. <laughs>
2: Well, you have such pretty graphics. Maybe you can make a pretty graphic
1: with that. <laughs> I, think we I we will. We will. Yeah, that we are protected and provided for regardless. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really powerful. Wow. I know, I'm just kind of letting that sink in. I know, in. I'll have to sink in for a little bit. Um, very cool. So you also have two grown boys.
2: Three. Three. That's right. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm that's so okay. Sorry.
1: That's all right. Uh, if, I've been so focused on watching um, your son at Wake Forest and an incredible yeah. year he has had that I forgot about the third one. I'm so sorry I, f- I apologize. Okay
2: no worries you would think that i just have one right now because for the last 16 straight, and the other two would probably tell you that like, say the same you know, thing. we're here too mom hey mom yeah Forget um, about me. trey is actually the youngest of the three okay, and okay. Um, i think it's because it's the last time and whenever you're doing something yes. for the last time you're like just all in yep and uh, we have been gone actually for 16 straight weeks um uh, with football related activities so um it's wow. easy to see why you would think that we only have
1: two children <laughs> sorry or even I even apologize <laughs> to the other ones I, I'm sorry but what, it has been an incredible year and, and I do understand kind of pouring everything into the last one that's what we have been doing with Olivia and she's like my son's like hey mom I'm here too okay, you. <laughs> you've had your season too when you were in this spot
2: right yeah right.
1: Um, I wanted to look back at a few of the, the questions, if we can just kind of look at those that we talked about. Um, you have them written out with you here. How, if you can answer this, I'm just going to kind of read a couple of questions to you, Dean, okay. if you don't mind. Um, how have you seen God work in your life and how has he redirected you at times to move you into your next act?
2: So this is a story I'm not sure that I've ever shared, how much of it I've really shared publicly. Um, but he was very much at work in going from act one to act two. So I called my career at Chick-fil-A act one in my career of, of running my own business now act two. Okay. And um, I had a good friend. It was probably five years before I retired from Chick-fil-A that said, you know, it's time to build your exit ramp. I didn't know what she meant that uh, by that, but she said, it's time to start building your exit ramp. Well, looking back, it's really easy to see the pieces coming mm-hmm into um place but you don't see that when you're experiencing it mm-hmm. and of course part of that i really think that opportunity to write that first book which i did not pursue it actually landed upon me um was god's first well you you know he orchestrates everything but really orchestrating this off-ramp for me and then the interesting thing was i told you about the the day i left talent book published 30th anniversary all on the same day And I went into an area of the business, Um, you know, part of what the business believed I brought value was building things. And I did like to build things. And so it was an opportunity to build something new. I had really built the talent function and now it was, you know, time to build something else. But it really wasn't my great passion. Very important thing. Sustainability is very, very important. But it just wasn't the way God wired me. He gifted me um, to have a passion for strengthening organizational cultures, and for, um, and for uh, growing talent, identifying talent, growing the talent. And it, it just wasn't where I was supposed to be. And so during those three years, I won't go into all the details, but God made sure I was really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I was not comfortable. I was very uncomfortable. And so that when the opportunity presented itself, that I could actually go and do what he made me to do, um, then I um, was ready because I had been uncomfortable. And I'm looking back at the time, I didn't realize that's what was going on, but he allowed me to be uncomfortable so that I would be ready to make the move. And I talk about that season a lot. And um, it was an important season because I learned some things that I use in my business today. Um, I I learned a whole new leadership skill set by leading a function that I was not as competent in as the one I left. Mm -hmm. I learned that I didn't have to be the expert, that I needed to know how to lead experts. And it was just, like I said, it's totally different skill set that actually helps me in my career today. But the other thing that was really important is sometimes when God's creating and orchestrating his perfect plan for your life. And of course, your life is part of a greater, bigger plan that he's orchestrating and he's moving around all kinds of things you have to do the work god gave you to do before you can do the work god made you to do and that's the season i was in for the, those 3 years i was doing the work god gave me to do it might not have been exactly what i would have chosen for myself but it was it was where i needed to be so that he, that i could be doing today what he made me to do and i believe that with all my heart you know when whether it's speaking to an audience or it's writing or it's Um, coaching a a young person that's trying to develop in their career or consulting an organization to strengthen their culture. That's what he made me to do. Mm -hmm. And occasionally, because of the way he's moving all the chess pieces on the board, we have to pause and we have to say, you know what, I don't understand this, but he's in charge. He's got a bigger plan. And right now I just need to be obedient to what he's given me to do until he changes the course. And that's really the story of the last five years of my life.
1: And there's so much to be learned when we're in a season of being uncomfortable. When we're, things are not planned out like we want them to be, or yes. they're not easy for us in that wrestling time and that struggling time. There's just such a refining season going on mm-hmm. um, that he often uses before he allows us to move into the next act.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute, Tisha, because, because people are going, well, what do you do during that season? You know, what, what, while you're waiting, what do you do during the waiting? And, and I know you've had those waiting seasons too, but, you know, first of all, we want to seek divine counsel, you know, spending a lot of time in prayer. God, give me insight, give me, um, give me the, the vision to see what you're seeing. Um, But if I don't have the vision, then give me the strength to be obedient, to wait on that vision. So prayer is really important. Wise counsel is very, very important. You know, seek mentors in life who can speak into you just like that friend. And it wasn't one person, it was lots of people. But, you know, that one person said, you need to build your off ramp. And then when it was happening, she's the one who said, God is making you uncomfortable because this is your off ramp. And uh, that's, you know, this is, and I couldn't imagine that in my wildest dreams that I was going to make any decision like that. Um, I was going to be where I was till I retired. Um, But but when you seek that wise counsel and people speak into you, they help you start seeing things. Um, What we feed our soul you know, what we read, what we listen to during that time of waiting is really, really important that we're feeding our soul. So we will hear God's voice over Satan's voice, because when we're in times of uncertainty is the time that Satan really wants to come after us. Absolutely. And so being in his word and, and hearing his word is really important during those times and then taking care of ourselves we forget about that part, you know, not just. A, yeah, I was with pop- you up
1: until this part. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, speaking of God's word, like having been towards around, yeah. Uh, and then you just nailed me. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, we do. We have to take care of ourselves. You know, our, our our physical well-being is so important that we're eating right and we're sleeping and we're exercising and we're resting and we're doing those things so that we're ready to be to take that job that God has for us when He calls us. And sometimes, when we're in that waiting period, that's the most important time to really bear down and say, "You know what? I need to I need to take care of myself in all areas spiritually, mentally, socially, physically, every possible way."
1: Yeah, we've um, been working through. I mean, this is not going to be Christmas when we launch this, but right now we're recording, and it is prior to Christmas. Um, but looking at the Advent and a season of preparation, and one of the conversations that we've had recently is that a season of preparation is our life. It's our mm-hmm. walk with Jesus, not just for a one day on the calendar of, of each year, um, pre- prepping, doing wow. what God is waiting for God to say, okay, go. So that when he says, okay, go, you, you're ready because you've done the hard work up until that point. You've sat in obedience with your hands open, going, "I'm ready." You know, mm-hmm. whatever you want me to do, train me, and then use me. And um, that's that's hard. Like you said, there's, yeah. what do we do during those seasons? Because often we listen to devil say, "You don't have a purpose. What's your identity?" Right. And he speaks all those. Yeah,
2: you're doing it's hard for, for nothing.
1: nothing. Yeah.
2: Speak stinking thinking into us.
1: And you just kind of alluded to this here, but do you feel like God allowed you to go through some hard times to bring you to this point? Or was it kind of clear all along the way? We talked about your friend who said, okay, we need to look at this exit ramp here. Was there? Yeah.
2: It's interesting what you said. Does God allow you to go through hard times? Boy, that is a big question. You know, does God create that? Does he allow that? I think we have hard times because it's the human condition. I love what Henry Blackaby says um, or said in experiencing God. It's a quote I've kept with me for decades now. He said, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings Mm -hmm. having a human experience. And that's helped me not just career-wise in thinking of the different acts of life, that's like the deepest. That's like when we have our most significant hurt and we're going, why did this happen? Well, it happened because we're having a human experience. And bad things happen in life because this is not our final home. This is our human experience. This is our human experience. But we're spiritual beings with an eternal focus, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, as you said that, I know that got really deep, Tisha, but, but that, when that's I think, huge
0: though. Okay, thank you.
2: But I think uh, that's how I approach things and that's how I think about it. So I think about, cause those were, those were difficult years. They were stressful years um, during my life when I was making that transition from act one to act two. And so does God allow things? I think he uses everything. He doesn't waste anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he created it. But because I was having a human experience, there are things that happened that were uncomfortable. And he used it ultimately to make sure I was on his path. Who knows, maybe if I had been obedient another time in my life, the path would have been easier. I don't know. (laughs) But he doesn't waste anything. And I don't know that I think our God is a loving God that cares for us deeply. And he's pained when we're hurt. And so I don't know that he would ever intentionally allow harm to come to us, but he will allow us to have a human experience because there's a bigger picture at play here. And it's an internal, it's an eternal perspective instead of just this temporal perspective that we have.
1: That's, that's very true. And I know even in my own family, the struggles that we've been through um, recently with the loss of my mom, it's, you know, like, okay, God, what is the, what do you want to do through this? because it's so much bigger than my pain today. Like mm-hmm. there is a purpose in everything that each of us goes through. Um, there's a way that he can use it and not just to make somebody else feel better, but for eternal perspective. Right. Somebody's eternity, whether they turn to Jesus and realize that he's their savior and he will be there to protect them and guide them and to live with them for eternity might be on the table, depending on my response to a given situation. Yeah. Um, not that it's ever going to be perfect, but that is a choice that we all have. And um, that is one thing I constantly am asking, okay, God, guide my response in this situation so that you can use it because it is an eternal perspective. Um, I know the times when my perspective is very limited and it's with a day-to-day perspective that it can get really negative really fast.
2: Yeah. Well, absolutely. And I actually, even as I said, the words, being aware of your family circumstances and you know, I don't know how you, I don't know how you get through it without faith and without recognizing, um, that, that there's just this eternal perspective that we have to have faith in. And there's going to come a day that it's going to make a whole lot more sense than it makes right now.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm counting on
2: that. (laughs) I'm sure you are.
1: I I stand by the, um, the phrase that God doesn't call us to understand. He calls us to trust. And, uh, Mm. that is, gives me a lot of peace, truthfully. You know, I don't have to understand and nor does, and my God, and I don't want that role. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of the other questions is looking, at, looking back over your life and the opportunities that you've been given, what has been your greatest joy? And I know our first answer would probably be your sons because I love the relationship that y'all have and um, what a gift sons are. I have one and they're just, it's just special um aside from that <laughs> what would be what do you think would be in your greatest joy of the opportunities that God has afforded you
2: yeah, it's funny that you, and i think a lot of times we do immediately think about our children um and the older i've gotten um i've really come to recognize something um i have this wonderful husband of um, 39 years next June. So long, long time we've been married. And the longer that we've been married, the more I'm aware of his gifts and his blessings and how God's used him um, in my life. And so, you know, at this season of life, um, and maybe it's because we're, you know, about to be completely empty nesters. We really have been because the youngest has been at college for four years, but but really he's launching in, in next summer and going to be on his own. And um, we've spent a tremendous amount of time together with me retiring, but I wouldn't have accomplished anything. I mean, God used him to help me uh, accomplish all of these things in my life, whether it was writing a book or it was the career that I had or the career that I have today that he's so supportive of. He brings me, walking in faith with him brings me the greatest joy of my life. And uh, I don't know if that's what you were looking for, but it, and it's really been a more recent, like, I mean, I've always loved him and adored him, but this true appreciation for how God has used him um, to help me be all that God intended me to be, and there's a huge lesson in that. I mean, True Kathy used to always say the three most important decisions we make is our master, our mission, and our mate, and, um, you know, I, I, the fact that my mate and I are aligned around who our master is, and that he's been so supportive of my mission has allowed me to accomplish anything I've accomplished in life.
0: That's very special. Mm-hmm. That's a huge testimony, and testament to your, to your marriage. That's huge.
2: And so, I do love those boys, but <laughs> <laughs> and they I do bring a do. lot of joy. But, uh, you know, being a parent is hard. And being a parent of young adults is probably the hardest season we've had.
1: Yeah. It's just a different,
2: different time. It That's is a little
0: a
1: scary. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we both have seniors in high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have, um, my son, Matthew, was married last year. Right. So they're moving into parenting an adult. I don't, I, sometimes you think those are oxymorons, <laughs> but they're not. Um, <laughs> they're just a really hard mesh uh, between the two. But um, I, I told my daughter recently, I said, you know, I'm really going to miss you next year. as I've just loved every day of your life and she looked at me and she's that's so not true (laughs) okay well maybe not every day but every season
2: (laughs) you know uh, I don't know if this fits in with uh, what we're talking about today but I read an interesting article this morning about this whole thing of mixing career and children a different perspective than I had ever read and, and certainly reflecting back on it And I was thinking about our time together today, but it was talking about that when it comes to working mothers, the important thing is not whether or not they were working and they were away from home. It was how present they were when they weren't home um, that made the difference for the kids. And I thought, you know, that's a really, really good point because I think a lot of working mothers feel. And by the way, I think this is totally overrated and you need to leave the guilt. At, I mean, guilt is just that is of Satan and you should never feel guilty like that. But um, I think that a lot of them do feel guilty about being gone. And instead of feeling guilty about being gone, just focus on being present when you're there. Mm-hmm. And um, they were just talking about, you know, children, race and, and being healthy, both emotionally and physically in every possible way. They really talking about emotional health. And they said, it was about being present when you were there. It wasn't about the time that you were away. And if you were happy in your job and you express that happiness and positivity, then that was actually more healthy for your children. So, huh. Interesting, interesting article. It
1: is, it's very interesting and it's um, encouraging. <laughs> um, we are uh, oh, Okay, yes, okay. So I think you've kind of touched
0: on this already. But um, what advice would you give our listeners as they seek out what their next step is going to be? Like, you know, you kind of talked about, you know, preparing for that, but are there any other practical things you would add to that?
2: Yeah, I think, I think there is practical because I think if you're going to go from act one to act two, after you, after you pursue for at a spiritual level, because I think getting that discernment. Um, spiritually is very important getting that discernment from wise counsel but then there's the practical side of it and some people go okay I've prayed about it and I've asked my wise counselors I still don't know what to do and so you know that's the time um, that you really start taking inventory of okay what are really what are my gifts that I want to use sometimes you have gifts that you say act two that's great I've used those but That's not what I feel called to do in act two. Um, Sometimes, I mean, I'll use myself as an example. I think act three is going to be something where I'm serving in a way that I might not be leading. You know, I've used those gifts of leadership for decades and that's all good, but I'm ready to serve in a role that's a little more serving others, supporting other leaders to be able to fulfill their calling. And um, so it can look very different in a different act. Um, and, you know, um, I, I have a friend who retired years ago and um, he was a CEO of an organization and he's, he's really fully retired now, except for he volunteers two weeks in a store that supports um, a, uh, for, for um, abused women. Uh, and so that he works in that store and he's very mechanically inclined. And so what he does is all this stuff that comes in to be resold or to give be given to women who qualify for these items, he knows how to repair them all. And he repairs washing machines and TVs and, you know, just all these things and that he uses that gift, um, you know, to serve in that way and he's still a relatively young man as far as retired people go but he's enjoying that. It's fulfilling his life after all those years of leading others. So um, just really um, spend that time discovering um, the gift that God gave you that you really want to use in this season. And then again, go back to that prayer about God, how can I use, I've discovered this is what it is. I've written it down. I've set a goal. I want to use this gift in the next season can you show me the opportunities there and then you start talking to people and networking about using that specific gift instead of hey i think i want to do something different but i don't know what it is Um, you can start there and get the wise counsel but then you have to reflect on that wise counsel develop what um, you think the gift is you want to use and then go back to wise counsel say okay i've identified this where can i use it and let god speak through them
0: Wise words. So Wise much words. to learn. I know. I could I know. sit and
1: listen to you all day long and write out everything, have manuals and be like, okay, wait, let me go do this next step. Okay, now let me do the next step. It's just got such a wealth of wisdom. Uh, that's such a blessing.
2: Well, this has been really fun to talk about what I actually, um, my actual path rather than um, all the things I know about. <laughs> um, so i really actually enjoyed sharing the story because I think it's so important when God gives us a story that we share it with others um, because that's how we learn from one another.
0: It's so true, it's so true. We, so we asked all of our guests the same question towards the end of our um, time with you. And so I'm gonna ask it, what legacy do you want to leave? Like what, when people look back and speak of your life, what is the main thing you want them to share?
2: Yeah, I can't remember which mentor told me this, but he he talked to me about don't pursue a legacy. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. I guess it was his def- definition of it, but he was saying, you know, don't don't necessarily um, pursue a legacy or decide which your legacy is going to be. Your legacy is going to be what other people decide it is.
0: Mm -hmm. And
2: um, I thought that was interesting, because I think sometimes people do they they make up their mind, you know, um, is my legacy, the fact that I influence people and help change their organizations around culture, I can't make that intention. So with that caveat, and that explanation that I think that other people decide what our legacy is. The most important thing, I think, um, and we, we touched on this a few minutes ago, has nothing to do with career, writing books, speaking to audiences. You know, um, I've had a chance to literally speak all over the world. Um, I've um, written books that have gone to countries all over the world and things like that. I think the day we're gone, I'm not sure any of that matters anymore. I don't know how long it lasts. But there are four specific people. Right now in my life, maybe there'll be some additions to that and extensions of that. But there are four people that if I don't um, if I don't leave positive influence and a an impact their lives through my love, my kindness, uh, my generosity in every possible way, then um, anything else I ever did makes no difference whatsoever because my husband and my three sons is what God entrusted to me, number one. And so, you know, even in this season of life, and by the way, I don't do all this right, just like anybody else, but that's one of the things I'm discovering. It's like, just because they're launched, I'm not done influencing. And I don't mean even in such a parental way. I mean, in a coaching way Mm -hmm. Um, and in a positive influence in terms of the way I live my life and that it's consistent. Um, But that's still the most important thing. And if You know, as those boys marry and they have um, children and hopefully I'll be around for that, then then those grandchildren become an extension of that responsibility. But to me, that's my greatest stewardship responsibility. And uh, if I don't leave something um, that they decide is my legacy, that's positive, then everything else I did doesn't really matter.
1: Three words. It is. And such a lesson for all of us. Yeah, for people thinking about what their next act may be looking about careers or ministries or whatever you want to do. Um, I think sometimes we can lose of who, to, who are we called to be, um, while we're trying to figure out what we want to do mm-hmm. and got who God is and uh, who he's called us to be the calling, the, the service that we do in his name, Trump, everything. And that's ultimately why we're here. And so that's, you've given us a lot of nuggets today. Um, lots of things that I'm going to be thinking about. I will be replaying this many times and stopping and taking notes. Um, You're just full of wisdom and um, inspiration. uh, I can tell you, um, I could write a whole paper right now of what your legacy would be and how you've touched my life. I thank you. I thank you for being willing to step out and um, because you you have changed lives just by being obedient.
2: Well, thank you. Well, you're quite a woman of influence, Tisha, and I've told you this before, but your mother had a huge impact um, of influence on me and impact and um, we just you know miss her and I uh, loved that opportunity to spend all those years um, receiving her wise counsel from time to time.
1: Yes, she was full of nuggets too. <laughs> We've been trying to write them down lately uh, to put them on a piece of paper, you know nuggets from Mimi. and uh, so it's been fun. There's been some a lot of humor in that too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I bet. I bet. Well, she could be really funny sometimes.
1: <laughs> she could. She could. Most unexpected moments.
0: Um, so Deanne, how can our listeners connect with you um, for your books? And like just where are you available?
2: <laughs> sure. We'll go to deann turner.com, D-E-E-A-N-N-Turner.com. And you can connect to just about everything on there. You can connect to my books, um, Bet on Talent, uh, Bet on talent, How to Create a Remarkable Culture that Wins the Hearts of Customers, uh, and then Crush Your Career is the brand new book, Ace the Interview, Land the Job, and Launch Your Future. So Bet on Talent teaches leaders how to uh, find and keep extraordinary talent and Crush Your Career teaches talent how to be extraordinary. You can also find episodes of my Crush Your Career podcast there. Um, you can find some free downloads, um, material that might be helpful to you. And then connect with me. Connect with me on LinkedIn uh, at DN Turner, Deanne Turner, author on Facebook at Instagram De- at DN Turner and Twitter at Deanne Turner. I'd love to be connected to your listeners in all those ways.
0: Wonderful. Um, and I think you kind of touched on this earlier, but the crush your career, that would be an amazing gift for graduating college, even, even going out of high school, like that would be an amazing thing to give them because we go into those fields and we don't always know what we're doing. And sometimes we are flying blind. And so to have somebody speak wisdom, especially from a biblical perspective would be amazing. Mm -hmm. So,
2: Well, um, thanks for supporting that in that way. It's exactly what it's for. Um, It's actually for people in a number of places in their career, but high school students, a lot of uh, like a lot of Chick fil A uh, franchisees order those for their team members as graduation gifts. And um, but college graduation, people who are mid career, there's um, the book really follows from from finding your calling, all the way to planning for your retirement. So it covers the whole span of a career, but it really focuses in on how to find your calling, start your career. And then once you have your career, what do you do with it? How do you navigate landmines? How do you handle your first leadership assignment? Um, How do you um, navigate the first 90 days on the job? So lots of great information for anybody who's in in those seasons. And yes, it's from a faith-based perspective as well.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. Well, that'll definitely be on my list. Uh, Me too. (laughs) I want to read it and I'm not really even starting a career. (laughs) So, and I still want to read it. I think it's powerful for anyone. So
1: who knows your act three could be starting tomorrow. So you probably need to read it. (laughs) You're right.
0: You're right. We need to prepare. Like she said, be prepared. (laughs) So be
1: prepared. Well, Deanne, thank you so much for having us and listeners. Make sure you connect with Deanne Turner. Um, com and um, on linkedin and all her social media platforms she's a wealth of knowledge and will be an inspiration and an encouragement to you as well so Mm -hmm. remember listeners whatever your story is wherever your journey is own it give it to god and surrender it let him use it y'all have a blessed day bye guys